It's the Stinkin' Truth Podcast with Mark Schlereth. Presented by Sweet Sweat. Welcome in, Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Mark Schlereth alongside Mike Evans, Scott DeHuff, producing the show. Want to thank our presenting sponsors, great folks over at Sweet Sweat. For all your exercise needs, your supplement needs, sweetsweat.com. Um, it's, you know why I'm such incredible shape, Mike. I mean, you can see the, my, the fitness is just uh, just dripping off of me. We had somebody, you were you and I were talking hitting baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hitting. And you were up sort of showing your right, a swing. Right. Uh-huh. And somebody came in and said, Mark, you look like a video game baseball player. You know, like with yeah. really thin legs. Kind of like, you're kind of like a human cartoon version of Foghorn Leghorn. I say, I say, I say, I say, boy. Well, um, I would tell you, Mike. <laughs> Um, let me just ask you this question, and just just let this mull over sure. in your gigantic noggin. Gigantic. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen a quarter horse with fat legs? Good point. Yeah. Good point. No, you haven't. There you go. Quarter horse. There you uh, go. And also like to thank our also other presenting sponsor, the great folks over at Superbook, America's best bet. That is Superbook. All right, Mike. So uh, uh, the divisional weekend yeah. is over, and... Um, all right, let's just let's just get right to it. Okay, how ballsy was that call oh by God. the Chiefs? Oh, by Andy just Reed. all balls. I, hundred percent. Like you're sitting there. Tony Romo is going to town on. Like you got to just try to draw him offside. Oh, Jim, here we go. You know, <laughs> you just got to try to draw him offside. Tony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Jim. <laughs> So you, just, you know you're just trying to draw them off sides. That's what you're trying to do, and and you know, and then when they come up, and I think they, I think Chad Henning, I don't know if they walked up the line of scrimmage, got underneath center, whatever it was, or did he drop? Back? I don't know what he, I don't know what they did, but like you're just thinking, there's no way they're snapping this ball. They're gonna punt it. They're gonna try to pin them down deep and try to rely on their defense to win a football game. And all of a sudden, with Chad Henning, like your backup quarterback. Hasn't hasn't really. I mean, he played week seventeen. Turned out to be a good thing that he played. But before that, I don't think he threw a ball in the NFL since two thousand fourteen. And on fourth down and one, you're not going QB sneak or you're not handing it off. You're going sprint right and throwing it to Tyreek Hill on fourth and one. I mean, I don't think Cleveland was ready. I don't. They, there's no way they thought it was going to get snapped. They were just like, "Hey, don't jump off sides, guys. Come on, we got them." And they they throw that play here. I will say this though, like. Let me just say, because I have been on this bandwagon here in Denver, in Denver, Colorado, for five years. I have been on, I have stood on my soapbox, screaming at the top of my lungs as the Denver Broncos and John Elway refuse to sign a veteran quarterback. I mean, their their quarterback room is Paxton Lynch, Trevor Simeon, and, you know, and some other guy. At one point, it was Brandon Allen. It was freaking... Brett Rippon and and it was uh, Drew Locke. Like, like refuse to spend four million bucks or or whatever on a veteran quarterback, right there. Like that that is case in point. You guys should have listened to me. That's why you have a veteran quarterback. Not only to bounce ideas off of. Like you can also you can be really good at at giving your starting quarterback information based on the crappy things you've done, the mistakes you've made. Like, that's that's 
sometimes that is as good as information as, hey, man, I've had a lot of success doing it this way. Hey, man, I've had a lot of failures trying this. I know this doesn't work. Don't do this. But there's value in that. And for the Chiefs to win a game because they had a count on, you know, a third down and whatever it was, 14 or whatever on a scramble, and then a fourth down and one, and putting it in Chad Henney's hands, I think to me that was a tremendous decision. And like you said, Andy Reid has just got his testicles out in a wheelbarrow right now. And he's just rolling around and going, everybody come get a gander. You know, it's like and my uh, clackers. Yeah, look at my <laughs> clackers. Look how huge they are. <laughs> it, 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 I mean, it's right out of it's right out of uh, Blades of Glory. Come see what a professional athlete's body looks like. Looking's for free. Touching's gonna cost you. You know, <laughs> I mean, unbelievable. What an what an incredible, incredible. Decision. And it showed that the Chiefs are more than just Patrick Mahomes. I mean, they had to win a hard fought, low scoring, uh-huh. gritty. Football game. They they ran the ball well when they had to. That you first, say, the first drive was like they ran five of uh, their first five or six plays where I think there was five runs in their first six plays or something. It was ridiculous. And they and they and, and they play defense. So yeah, they show that they're more than just Patrick Mahomes. And we'll talk more about the uh, uh, the championship games later in the week. Uh, I I know how you feel. Winning football teams should be built and what winning football looks like. So what did you think of a Bills game plan that had Josh Allen between throwing and running it 44 times and nine rushes? At one point, they had thrown the ball like 18 times and and, and ran it once. Um, It worked, but is that a... Is that a, a I guess a, a sustainable recipe for success? I don't I don't personally think it is. I mean, they've been able to have success doing that over the course of the season. When you look at Buffalo, and I did a Buffalo game here in Denver, and I went in with this kind of I don't know, thought process of what they were, and I was blown away by what they actually were compared to what I thought they were. You know, you see some highlights here and there. When you're doing games for a living, when when you work for a network doing games, you're so dialed into the the study of that week's game. You know, I spent 50 hours prepping for that game. And then I call the game, and I call it during the weekend. So I don't see, like, I'm not sitting there watching Red Zone. I'm prepping my game. So I don't see, you know, I don't see a bunch of other games. Then I jump on a plane and fly home. And and then we work together here in Denver. So, you know, so a lot of times I get home at 11 o'clock at night, 1130 in the evening, and I'll spend the next two and a half hours watching the Broncos game and charting it. Like I go to bed, uh, oftentimes I go to bed 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning, and then I get up at 5 and come into, you know, 4.45 and I come into work. It leads to Punchy Mark, which yeah. is sometimes the best radio. Punchy Mark is sometimes the best. The, the best. Mark. Now I was going to show Pony Mark, but right. Punchy Mark is pretty it's, good. It's right. It, it's up there. There's there's several different categories that I fall into, but that's kind of my that's kind of my week. And then, and then you know, then Monday afternoon I'm prepping yeah. the next game I've got, right? So that's kind of how it works. So oftentimes you don't really know what a team is. And and I watch Buffalo, man. They are a spread football team. They they just spread you out and they rely on on Josh Allen to to basically simplify things. You know, they're really interesting in that you look at Cole Beasley on the inside. Cole Beasley, as Brian Dable told me, 
uh, their offense coordinator, Cole Beasley looks at the game and sees the game like a quarterback. There are no, there are no definite routes for him. Everything is based on leverage. Everything is based on the defense that is being played, how they're how they're trying to defend Cole Beasley. And so all the routes that he runs are basically just get open routes. And then on the outside, Josh Allen told me playing with Stephon Diggs is, he goes, it's unique. Like there's a lot of guys that wouldn't be able to handle playing with him. Not because he's the bad guy. He's been great in Buffalo. He's been awesome. It's because that that's like 80s football out there. Like that's a lot of get open stuff as well. And so he goes, he's never in a position, he's never the depth that he's supposed to be at. But we play well because, obviously, I'm reading it, and Josh Allen's got an unbelievable arm. And when they get into a boundary situation where he's the single receiver on the boundary side and and they're not double-teaming, the safety is down, or there's a middle safety and the strong safety is down, they're trying to take away the, the three-man side or whatever, you're just looking out there going, okay, I got one-on-one out there. Go get open. And at whatever depth you're running at, you know, you're running an out route, a stick route that's supposed to be at six yards, he may he may run it at nine, he may run it at four, just depending on what the DB is doing. And so there's a there's a fluidity to their offense that doesn't exist in most places. And, you know, here's the crazy thing about receivers. We get so enamored with, you know, 40 times. It's going to be the combine season pretty soon, you know. No we're combine. Get, yeah. I know no combine, but it's the it's the workout season, yeah. you know. Pro days. Yeah, pro days and all that stuff. And we're gonna get all enamored by some kid that runs a four three four forty or whatever, you know, and that and I had somebody tell me this season, I can't even remember who it was, but they said one of the most poignant things and it and it resonates with me. It's not about how fast you can run, it's how quick you can stop. Never heard that before. That's fascinating. Right? What does that mean? It just means that when creating separation, everybody runs fast. It's how quickly you're in and out of breaks, how quickly in short area separation can you create, and how quick can you stop and and show your numbers and be open. And I think Stefan Diggs' is greatest his his greatest asset is his short area burst and his ability to stop. And he is that dude is just always open. Because of those things, and they have a like I said, there's a there's a certain schoolyard aspect to what they do on the offensive side of the ball that to me is fascinating. And the belief in Buffalo under Brian Dable, the OC, is you don't have to run it and you don't have to throw it, but you have to be able to run it when you have to run it, and you have to be able to throw it when you have to throw it. And that's kind of their philosophical approach. So they don't go into it going, hey, we got to be balanced and we're going to run it 32 times and we're going to throw it 31 times. It, it doesn't play that way. I remember watching them play at the end of a Pittsburgh game where they had like four minute offense with six minutes left, six minutes and change left, and they ran it like nine straight times to close out the clock. That's when you have to run it, and they can do it when they have to. So that's just kind of their philosophy to football. Look, uh, later in the week, we'll be all over Brady versus Rodgers. Oh. What an enticing matchup. But let, let, let's get to how they got there. And last week at this time, we were talking about the Packers. And we said, you know, as 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 great as they've been this year, maybe the one little nagging uh, thought is, have they really beaten anybody? You know? Yeah. Man, I, you know, they went out. They look great. 
I mean, they oh. really looked great. Now, is this us perhaps not giving the Packers all of their just due or, or maybe just realizing the Rams just went as far as they possibly could go and it, this really wasn't a very good football team? Um, I know. I think it's. I think it's probably part of it is not giving the Packers their due. I think the other part of that, Mike, honestly, is the Rams just kind of ran out of gas. Aaron Donald uh, wasn't the same player, um, and that I mean that was pretty apparent, right? He wasn't the same player. He missed a bunch of time. Um, he makes up for a multitude of sins. You could block him one on one at times in that game. Um, and he's still one of the greatest players I've ever watched. I think he's the best player in the league, but he just was not impactful or as impact as impactful as he has been. And then, you know, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, his ability to control the 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 ball line of scrimmage in the passing game, um, and and how their how their their play action syncs perfectly with their run game, and. There, the 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 Valdez uh, was was that guy's name? Marquez Valdez Scantling. Yeah, Marquez Vel, Valdez Scantling. That fifty-eight yard touchdown where he's he's running in there, faking like stock blocking, and then boom, gone. Like oh, that was Lazard. Was that, that Lazard? Was, that, that was Lazard. Okay, yeah. that was yeah. Lazard. Like that touchdown just shows you what play action does for you when you got a quarterback who can fake it. And you've got a legit running game where you have to honor it. And 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 you know, I mean, I, I will go this far. You're talking about a Rams team that absolutely wreaked havoc on Seattle, yeah. even when Aaron Donald went out with a rib injury, where they're rushing four and they're getting to they're getting to to uh Russell Wilson every time. And they don't touch there was not a sack. He didn't got he did not get harassed he did not get touched and oh by the way Aaron Jones ran it for 99 yards on 14 carries 7.1 per carry mm-hmm. oh let's put in Williams 12 carries 65 yards 5.4 carry oh how about Dylan 6 carries 27 yards 4.5 yards per carry dude and you're talking about an O-line that lost their starting left tackle who's one of the best in the business to a non-contact practice injury where he tore his ACL and what do they do? They take a guy that started not only at right tackle but at right guard. They're starting right guard and moved him to left tackle. Didn't miss a beat. I mean, it, like their group up front is tremendous. The way they call plays, and and I, I've talked to Aaron Rodgers, talked to him during the season about this, like the the marriage between he and Lafleur, and you know, like cram it up your cram hole, Lafleur. He is like. This guy, guy, I I said that to Aaron. Goes, oh, he doesn't even know that. He didn't know that line. He goes, he doesn't know Peter Lafleur. Like he's the he's just the football guy. That's all he does. And and it was interesting to watch Aaron like go from because guys who are great want answers. Like what you you dealt and you covered Peyton Manning for years here in Denver. Just wants an answer and wants it to be consistent. Okay, this is what you want to do. Tell me why you want to do it. Sell me on the why, and then, then like, oh, all right. And he said, for years under McCarthy, we were a matchup offense. We're going to get this guy on this guy. We're going to try to get this guy, on the, and that's where I'm going with the football. 
He goes, we are so much more scheme than we are matchup now. Now, obviously, in third down and critical situations, you're going to try to find Adams, of course, right? You're going to try to find Adams in those situations. But their scheme, their run game, how it ties perfectly to their passing game, um, like they are so much more about that aspect. And, and the offense is so much more where it takes some pressure off of him. Um, and, and, you know, talk, just talking to Sean Payton about this during the course of the season, he's like, one of the things I try to do, if we're going to throw it 35 times, I'm trying to take 12 to 15 reps off my quarterback. I'm trying to make, hey, there's 12 or 15 plays in those 35 that are easy. I'm trying to take that, I'm trying to take the mental and physical strain off of you 12 times. Right now we're down to okay. Now we're down to what? Uh, if I take it off twelve times, right? And we were going to throw it thirty-five times. Now we're down to what? Twenty-two times? Is that math right? Twenty-three times? Something like that. Mm-hmm. It's in there. Yeah, you're close. Right, close enough. Um, it's the new math. So I mean that, but it, it doesn't. Doesn't that when you think about it that way? Yeah. Doesn't football just make a lot more sense Easily, when you're saying yep. instead of saying hey. We're going to drop back 35 times, and you're going to be in a high-pressure situation 35 times in a row. Like The mental stress and the physical stress that we're going to put on you is is going to be something that eventually you're going to make. Why do you think Aaron Rodgers throws four or five interceptions a year? One, he's, he's really good. Two, he really knows the game. He really understands like the whole everything going on from the front, how the front is tied to the blitz package, how the front is tied to the, the coverage behind. Like, he understands all that stuff, but ultimately, too, you know, his coach here is is taking some of that pressure off of him, and and that's what makes them so good. Well, that Aaron Rodgers guy is pretty good, but he ain't no Tom Brady. Okay, oh. let's, let's, Glorious. Let, let's throw a stat at you, okay? Tom Brady's played in the league 21 years, which is stupid enough as you, when, when mm-hmm. you think about it. If you take out his rookie year where he was a fourth-string quarterback for the Patriots, take out the year in which he uh, got his knee shredded on, I think, in the first quarter of the first game of the year. Yeah. He's played 19 seasons in the NFL. 14 of them, 14 of 19, he's gone to the conference championship game. 14 out of 19. That's just stupid. I mean, it's... It's re- it's ridiculous. 14 of 19 times. Can you imagine? I, it, Can you ima- it, it, and, it boggles and, the mind. And there were people out there, not you and I, but there were people out there who were like, oh, we're about to see the uh, precipitous slide. Yep. It wasn't Tom Brady. We know it was Bill Belichick. He's the one. I'm not taking anything away from Bill Belichick. He's a below 500 coach when he doesn't have Tom Brady. Fact. That's fact. And it's not like one season. It's been seasons in Cleveland and yep. seasons in in you know in one season now without Tom Brady in in New England. So I don't like. I really don't want to hear it. It like he's a great coach. Don't get me wrong. I think he's you know arguably the best coach of all time. Tom Brady is the GOAT. By the way, did you see, I mean, forget about that game for a minute. Did you see the after game with with he and Breeze and, and Breeze's family as he's walking across the field to head to the bus and just uh, hanging out and throwing the touchdown pass? By the way, just a beautiful, like, 
oh, what? There's a little Nerf ball? Let me throw this perfect. I mean, it was perfect. <laughs> it was glorious. God, they, you love that guy. I mean, the, I it mean was, you love that guy. It was angelic. Oh, jeez. Let me give you a little hug. Let me say hi to your kids, you know. Let me throw it. Hey, let me do something you couldn't do today. Let me throw a touchdown pass. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, oh, glorious. Here you go, Drew. Let me give you one so you can go out feeling like you're on top. The only uh, way that that video could have been better had he signed that ball to Drew. To Drew Brees. <laughs> Hang in there, kid. Don Brady. Yeah, you know, I just or gave threw it his to jersey him. to him. Thanks, right. kid. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, all all year long we wondered – you know, is is it going to fit? Will the pieces fit there? Uh, and boy, they they look like they're peaking at the right time. So, how did it get here? By the way, speaking of Belichick, how about the little dig not not so subtle dig that Bruce Arians took at Belichick, saying, "Hey, in New England, they didn't let him coach. Here we let him coach. Right. I stay out of the way." Is that ultimately what it came down to? Tom Brady, coach, GM, quarterback. Yeah, Tom Brady. Tom Brady has this one. The first time I think guys are in the locker room with Tom Brady, it's like, oh my God, this is Tom Brady. I talked to Mike Evans about it. He's like, this is the guy that I rooted for. This is the guy I grew up watching, right? Now he's throwing, you know, throwing passes to me type of thing. So, like, all the guys are in awe. And then eventually he just becomes your teammate. Right. And And he's just one of the guys. And he is constantly, like... He puts himself through the paces so much and the work so much that everybody everybody just goes, oh, I, you know, like I've got to I've got to pick up my game. And you know, Bruce, well, I, I I mean, I talked to Bruce about it. Bruce was like, listen, man, I can coach the team. I can tell them to do whatever. And it kind of in one air, out the other. If Tom Brady can say the exact same thing I just said, and they're like, okay, Tom, whatever you say, you know, there it's just like the way the way he operates. And he goes, you know, I think one of the things that people don't really truly understand is how how much he cares for and how much he he basically takes the young guys and under his kind of wing and, and helps develop them. Um, from you know all his TB12 stuff is there. They've got complete and total access to it. It's free. You, like he takes care of them all. Um, and and you know he just wants guys to he wants guys to feel well so they can play well so they 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 can achieve their whatever their best is that's what he wants yeah and it's I, amazing I'm sure at some point he became one of the guys but I'm sure plenty of those guys on on Sunday were watching what was going on going damn this is why he's the goat I oh, mean without th- this is why he's the goat uh. All right, can we do like a lightning round? Because there's a lot of yeah. news coming out of the yeah. NFL. So yeah. I, I want to try to hit on as uh, uh, as much of this because a lot of teams were impacted uh, by some of these moves. So we'll go lightning round. What happens with Deshaun Watson? Um, I think Deshaun Watson stays in Houston. I think they – I know he doesn't like the owner, right? But I think the owner comes to him and, and – Acquiesces and begs for forgiveness. Does and, he get to hire the coach? Um, I think I think he gets to be in that process of the the coach hiring process. Yes, Philip Rivers. What a career! What a what a colorful character, oh. nonstop barking, talking trash, and never saying a cuss word. Mm-hmm. 
what what's his NFL legacy? Is he is he a surefire Hall of Famer? Oh, I think he's all of it. I mean, he's top five all time in yards and touchdown passes and attempts um, or completions. One of those uh, eight Pro Bowls. Uh, yeah, I think he's. I, I definitely think he's a Hall of Famer. I don't think there's any question that he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, he just happens to be in a class where you know, or a, a group where a lot of guys are going to go in. But again, you know, Peyton will go in this year. Brady will go in. You know, like Brady shouldn't have to wait the five years when he finally retires. <laughs> Because he'll be like, you're priceless. Well, no, I mean, think about it. Tom, great career. Now go to Canton. He should go directly to Canton. There's no, I mean, there's no, plus by the time he retires, like he may be, he may not last five more years. Like, Good he, point. like he may be 76 when he right, retires, right? Right. right. We like, can't wait till he gets to 81. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, at some point you're just going to keel over dead. He's so old. So, um, yeah, I like, yeah, I think that Philip Rivers, I don't think he's first ballot guy, but do I think he's going to the Hall of Fame? Hell yeah, I think he's going to the Hall of Fame. Uh, some coach hires. Brandon Staley going to the Chargers. Got the uh, ode of McVay on him, right? Rubbed up against McVay, smelt so sweet. Um, he was one of my favorite, during the course of the season, he was one of the favorite guys that I met with. Um, And he is like... He is like, you know, the energy that McVeigh has, the energy when you talk to McVeigh, you go into the room with McVeigh and and there are like two types of people in the world. Those who walk into the room and energize it, those who walk out of the room and energize it, right? Like, God, thank God that dude's gone. McVeigh walks in the room, man, and it just a, just, I mean, a complete total wave of energy hits you. Staley was the exact same way. Dude, I mean, just like smart energetic. I can totally see why he was a guy. Like, let's just interview this guy. Like, yeah, they had the number one defense in football and blah, 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 blah. Let's interview him. And I can see him walking into that room and completely blowing away the powers that be because he's that dynamic a guy. So, obviously, you know, it's probably pretty easy to coach. Maybe it's not, but, you know, I think you got the best player in all of football in Aaron Donald on defense. You got probably the best corner in football in Jalen Ramsey on defense. Um, you got a lot of really good players on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Floyd had a phenomenal season this year. Uh, Sebastian Day is a damn good player. Brockers is still a damn good player. They got speed. Like, But I, I'm telling you, again, it comes down to how do you present information? How do you present yourself? That dude is as dynamic as anybody that I have interviewed, that I have talked to, um, and I can totally see why he got the job. So for uh, long-suffering Lions fans who uh, watched the success of uh, fellow doormats like the Bills and, and, and Browns were like, what about us? When are we going to get our shot? How about Dan Campbell? Dan Campbell... Comes over from the Saints. Um, yeah, I know. I I know. I mean, he's one of the guys I met with when I go and consult with the Saints. Yeah. So, Dan, D- Dan was a really good player. You know, a, a role player, a wide tight end, a blocker guy. Um, he he understands. I think he one he understands what wins line of scrimmage play. He's a hard nosed. He's a good dude. Like he's a former player, good dude. Yep. But he's a hard nosed guy. You know, he's a. He, they're gonna they're gonna try to dominate the line of scrimmage. They're gonna try to to do all those things. How dynamic is he in front of the room? How, I don't know. I don't, I don't know him well enough. Um, but you know, obviously they've had a a just a ton of success in New Orleans. Why he has been there? Um, and 
you can't help but absorb a lot of that. And and he was one of the right-hand men of Sean Payton. Well, speaking of the Saints, Terry Fontenot, going from the Saints, mm-hmm. GM, Falcons, right. Arthur Smith, yeah. uh, Titans OC, hired as the coach. How about that that tandem? Um I you know, I like I like it. I like I like the whole um I like the whole Fontenot thing. I like what they've done with the New Orleans Saints. I, I love that part of it. I think Arthur Smith was really good in Tennessee. I think they were really good, you know, from a how they fit everything together with a with a quarterback that let's face it, um is not an elite level type of quarterback, right? So I think that was I think that was part of I think that was part of the deal. Um but I, I will say this, like does Matt Ryan fit into to that? Like I think he's a, I think he's a good coach. I don't know. I that's the guy that I haven't met with, the guy that I don't really know. Uh, I think what they've done in Tennessee the last couple of years, the way they've coached, and let's face it, Vrabel, Mike Vrabel coming from New England, then Houston and being the D coordinator and doing all that stuff. I think Mike has proven to be a really good manager of the game and a motivator of players. And if Arthur Smith has picked up on that, I, I think that's a good hire. I like you think they're all good hires. You just never know until you get in that position. Like every guy, every guy's got the makeup or whatever. But I, I just think it's a hard. I think that's a hard thing to to once you get there. How you deal with all the other things. Like everybody who gets there tells me the same thing. Is like I got here. I didn't realize like all the things that come across your desk on a day-to-day basis that have nothing to do with football that you have to deal with. You get away from the actual coaching aspect, and it's more of a management of people aspect. Uh, Finally, here in Denver, uh, they got themselves a new general manager. George Payton comes over from the Vikings, where here's Rick Spielman's right-hand man for for several years. They've built a real solid model program in in Minnesota. Won a lot of games, not necessarily a ton of, of playoff success, but they've drafted pretty well. Uh, having to live in a division with with Aaron Rodgers, good hire for the Broncos. Uh, I think so. I think I think that one George is a believer. He understands that you're not going to build a football team through free agency. You have to draft and develop. It's something they've done a really good job of in Minnesota. I think they've got in the last I don't know last five or six years they've gotten as many if not. I think they're tied for the most pro bowlers drafted in the last six years or so. Like they, they do a really good job with that. It's about second contracts. It's about draft and develop. Um, and Denver hasn't done a good job with that here in the last 10 years. They just really haven't not, not in the first three or four rounds, not in the premium pick positions. They just haven't done a good enough job. So he understands that part. The other thing is in a, you know, you either have one or you don't have one kind of quarterback They've been able to not have one and still get to the playoffs six times, six uh, different quarterbacks, six different quarterbacks. So, I think those things are all those things are all on the positive. Like I've always believed, I, I played here, I played in Washington, I walked into both organizations, and it was the, the, the whole organizational philosophy was Super Bowl or bust. Anything else is is a failure of our season, right? I mean, of course you want to win your division. Of course you want to get into the playoffs and all that stuff. But really it comes down to do you have a Super Bowl mentality or not? And um I tell you the last five years here have been difficult. Very difficult. Uh tough tough to think about Super Bowls when you haven't made the playoffs in 
five straight years. Maybe uh, walk before you run and right. you know build it up and right five and eleven, up. six and ten, seven and nine, five and eleven. Yeah. I mean that's 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 a far cry you, from you, yeah. You can't be thinking Super Bowls when you when you're posting records like that. Well, hey, we always like to joke. I mean, the NFL is a 365-day-a-year beast that needs to be fed, and boy, do we get a lot of news this week besides the games. But now, Championship Sunday coming up. Can't wait. Championship Sunday. It's going to be awesome. We'll be back with you later in the week to talk about it. Thanks to Sweet Sweat for all your exercise and fitness needs. That's SweetSweat.com. Uh, also like to thank Superbook, America's Best Bet. Check it out. And uh, we'll be back with you toward the end of the week.